What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1 where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Chrysomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man. Oh, That's a powerful you. question. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Okay, this is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Thanks for being with us on this one, wherever you're listening, and on whatever platform you're listening on. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. And Daniel Pewter is, is such a fascinating guy. Wrestling fans will, of course, know him as the million dollar Tough Enough champion. And yes, for that incident during that season of Tough Enough with Kurt Angle. But that was all the way back in 2004. A lot has happened in the last 16 years. I mean, just in general, lots has happened for you in the last 16 years, but a lot has certainly happened for Daniel Pewter in those last 16 years. I don't want to speak too much for him because that's why I invited him on the show, but he's an entrepreneur. He's an author, a podcaster, a deputy sheriff. He's given a TEDx talk, and he's all about motivating and empowering people to live a life of significance. This is a really interesting conversation. And there's so much insight in here that you'll want to apply to your own life. So thank you for taking the time to check out this episode. Thank you for leaving a review. There's been so many people leaving a review and I can't tell you how much I appreciate them. They really, really help. And the show is now one of the top wrestling podcasts in the world, which is crazy to think about, but it's mostly because of these reviews and mostly because you show up for every single episode. So thank you for listening to this. And if you're new here, by the way, first of all, welcome. Uh, but I read a review on every single episode as my way to shout you out. And I'm also secretly hoping that you'll hear this and go, ah, I haven't left a review yet. I could leave a review for CVV. I've got a few extra seconds in my day and I'm listening on Apple Podcasts. So uh, if you haven't yet, please take a second to leave a review like this one from John Faisal. He says, CVV is the best in the world. Chris is the best in the world at what he does. Oh, wow. So we had, we had CM Punk in the title and now Jericho reference here in the description or in the actual review. It's not an easy task to interview diverse guests on a regular basis and to bring out the best in your guests and from the interview. Chris does that every time. He delivers in every single interview. He brings his personality into the interview as well. Keep up the good work, Chris. Hopefully, I'll be interviewing you one day. 
Well, thank you very much for the kind words, John. And sure, yeah, let's do an interview. Send me an email, uh, cvv at chrisfanvleet.com. There you go. So we cover a lot with Daniel Pewter. We talk about him winning the million dollar Tough Enough and how he actually didn't get a million dollars. And that season was stacked. It also had the Miz and Ryback on it. And it's funny because when he went into that season, he was touted as an MMA fighter. But when you look at his record, he only had one professional MMA fight up to that point. It was actually after he left WWE that he really went on to have, you know, the MMA career that we know him for. Seven more fights. He has a a perfect record of 8-0. Kurt Angle actually told me in the interview that we did earlier this year that there was talk with Dana White about Angle and Pewter having a match in UFC. So we get Daniel's side on that. We get Daniel's side on the hazing. You remember it? Chris Benoit, Hardcore Holly, Eddie Guerrero in the Royal Rumble. We get to that and so much more. So please give it up for Daniel Pewter. Thank you so much for joining me. This is something I'd, I, I've wanted to talk to you for so long because I think your story is so fascinating. So thank you for making this happen. Of course. Thanks for having me on, bro. Well, I think that so many people like just know your run in WWE. They know you on Tough Enough. Maybe they know a little bit about your mixed martial arts career, but Everything you've done over the last decade, decade and a half, I think has really defined the person that you are. Yeah, it's defined me like inside me and defined me to communities around the world. It's been a huge blessing to start a nonprofit, uh, stand up for kids who are being bullied and having challenges in communities. And now uh, being a partner in a school district, having a nonprofit making an impact around the world, um, but we're really concentrating on the U.S. Uh, as number one. And, and in the U.S., it's South Florida is one of my keys, but we have trainings next week in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina on emotional and belief intelligence and you know, supporting just different communities for, for growth, whether law enforcement to help them love themselves a little more um, in a way that they didn't know was possible in a vulnerable, authentic way. Um, because it's militaristic training or with educators on how to maybe some tips and tricks and tools to communicate and connect with parents and kids a little bit better. So you're wearing the shirt right now, my life, my power for people that don't know what exactly is that? So in 2010, I got on TMZ and I said, I'll come to your school if you're being bullied. And within the first eight weeks, uh, being on different TV, TV uh, stations after that, we got over 10,000 emails from 12 different countries. Wow. And I was like, okay, there's a problem here. Like, I didn't think it was that big of an issue. Mm-hmm. I was picked on and bullied when I was a kid to a certain extent because I was labeled learning disabled. I was in the special ed classes. I was really the lowest one percentile in the country for reading. So like the one percentile, like when they do a test, when you're in elementary school, I was at 1% where a lot of kids were at, you know, a hundred percent or 99. So I'm looking at this when I was a kid, like this horrible. So I just didn't learn. I didn't understand how to learn how to learn. I don't think school is school is good for, I think two things. One, I always ask kids, like, why do you come here? And they're like, to graduate, to get a degree. And I'm like, awesome, to get a job. I'm like, so this piece of paper, and I hold up a piece of paper. I'm like, that, 
you're here just for a piece of paper. And so it's interesting. I look at school for two reasons. One is learn how to learn, uh, learn, learn your learning styles, your emotional intelligence, your beliefs, uh, what you stand for, your purpose, your vision, really right. define who you are. And, and when you go into a situation, how do you figure out how to make that make sense? And the second part is, is networking. Uh, it's priceless to have relationships. Uh, today, you can get on social media and hit people up, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, that sort of thing, and build a relationship. Um, so we That's started how this interview came together, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's super yeah. simple, right? Yeah. Um, and so I look at, uh, like redefining and, and it's been happening a lot. It's called school choice in America. And we started a private school district, um, accredited through advanced ed and, and SACS. And, and, uh, so we have a global corporate accreditation. I can o- open up schools anywhere in the world now. Wow. And we get five hours a day. We run school for five hours from eight to one or one thirty to six thirty, And we literally get, I mean, I'll send you video of what we're putting out on Sunday for uh, a, a, a digital graduation. We filmed about 45 out of the 72 kids um, uh, two weeks ago, and we're putting it on um, YouTube on Saturday, pushing it out so everybody can watch their graduations. Wow. And the tears, parents crying, they were so proud of their kids. Like we're taking kids, we're working with local schools to transform kids' lives. So if 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 a parent needs a smaller classroom, we have a one to fifteen ratio. Like you tell me what school for free, paid for by the state of Florida. Wow. You give me one school that will actually do that. California doesn't do that. New York doesn't do that. So in Florida, they do. I mean, we're super blessed here to have school choice. Uh, so what, what is it? What does a student need to do, or what do parents need to do if they want to go to? You have three schools, right? So this year we'll have six schools. Oh my gosh! Um, wow. Yeah. So we started with one two years ago, and we had six kids day one, and we ended up with fifty-four kids. Uh, last year we started with about a hundred and fifty or something like that with three schools, and we ended the year with uh, th- over three hundred and thirty, and graduated seventy-two. Wow. Um, and this year we'll have, by the end of the year, we'll probably have about six to six to 800 uh, in six schools. Um, but we're taking kids that are failing out, that have been in foster care, that are coming out of DJJ. Uh, it's all, we, we call it alternative education. Like at the end of the day, if you don't fit, um, and principals send us their kids too. If they don't huh. fit, yeah. let us solve the problem for you because we can do things. We can tweak our budgets. We can figure things out a little more to make sure the kid is on the right track. So is this something you were even interested in like when you were coming out of your MMA career, or was that just like a, an off the cuff comment on TMZ that made you kind of start to have those wheels turning? So I've always supported, like when I was uh, 19 years old, I had a thing called pewter strength training. It was just for fun. It was like my way to give back. And I trained younger kids. I was just watching, looking at pictures last week with my fiance. Um, and so I've always been interested in, in serving, uh, whether it was part of Habitat for Humanity, uh, Boys and Girls Club, Big Brother, Big Sister, um, uh, different, not the Shriners Hospitals, different nonprofits. Like, how can I u- utilize my, whether uh, before I was a pro athlete, how could I utilize my talents, ta- talents or skills? Or after, how do I how do I utilize my celebrity to add value uh, in different places? Um, so it's yeah, and, and on TMZ, I didn't think about owning a school district. 
Yeah. Bro, bro, I was like one of the slowest kids. I failed. They kept me. They were going to keep me back in eighth grade and they kept me back in kindergarten. So I was going to be kept back twice wow. as a kid going wow. to owning schools. But this is the thing. What people don't get is educators today or let's say the last 50 years, like I am not a educator as in like what the system talks about as an educator. I am a networker and I know how to put a game plan together and go raise funds and build a brand and mm -hmm. build the right people. People that work in our organization, they have two of them have uh, are JDs. So they're lawyers. Um, probably three of them have PhDs. Uh, I'd say about eight to 10 of them have master's degrees. Uh, and then, you know, the other ones have like one of them getting a PhD from FIU right now. Like, so we have super high educated, but yeah. we also have a culture in the organization that loves to love themselves so they can impact other people's lives. So was, was this what stopped your MMA career from moving forward? You saw this incredible other opportunity. So, uh, I got jacked on a contract, um, at a certain point where for about 18 months, it hurt. Uh, I was an exclusive contract. They wouldn't pay me, fight me, or release me. Hmm. Um, so that hurt. I got out of that finally. I had two more fights. And to some extent, it was, I love the fighting. Um, my coaches, Bob uh, Cook, Frank Shermock, Javier Mendez, they always said that I was a business guy. Um. And I love the business side. I love the branding. I started my branding agency a couple of years ago um, because one of my business partners, that Brittany Lozano, that was helping me run uh, the nonprofit, she goes, hey, I want to go into branding full-time. You know, let's put this together. Yeah. So, you know, building websites, all that stuff, uh, video production. It's amazing because so many people we've helped even with that get jobs or show off their talent. Like what you were saying about TEDx, like, you know, you get a TEDx or TED or a good highlight reel people are going to flock to you. Um, oh, yeah. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Uh, but I was going through a rough time and people don't understand what it is to like, when I was 26 years old, I was 26 and zero. So I was six and zero pro. I had 20 amateur fights, WWE champ on tough enough. Yeah. Um, world weightlifting champ. Like I had everything going for me at 26. Uh, and then one contract like hurt bad. And so I see so many people that get, you know, screwed over or in the wrong situation without the right protection. And I'm looking at that and, you know, I really, I mean, like for instance, we have, we have cameras in every single one of our classrooms in our school. Why? And our staff loves it because it doesn't only protect them. It protects the kids. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody doesn't want, you know, uh, you know, if somebody doesn't want a camera in the classroom, what's the real reason? You know, at the end of the day, do, do they yeah. not want to get judged or do they not want to be protected? Like, you know, what is it? There's not many uh, MMA fighters that end their career undefeated. You know, most people end up having other fights. They'll lose a fight and they'll try to avenge that loss. Are you okay with the fact that that, you know, it's a great record to, you know, to retire on, but are you okay with that being your record? I mean, are you challenging me or something? Do you want to, <laughs> I might need to put a couple LBs on. So, uh, I love it. Uh, I, I think that a lot, I had a great career. What my career meant to me at this point was 
it gave me the grit, the perseverance, the, the focus of winning. And if I can take wins, when you, if you can take wins, I file when I can take wins, when I'm younger, learn from them and grow, it makes me a better human. Hmm. Uh, a lot of people do lose fights. They take contracts, they get into fights. They, you know, some people said, Oh, you haven't fought the best in the world. Well, guess what? I've trained with Cain Velasquez. I've trained with, you know, Frank Shamrock. I've trained with the best in the world. And a lot of fighters are broke. They're uh, beat up. They're hurt. They're on drugs. Um, my drug is my coffee, right? Like, you know, it's, it's interesting on how I live my life. Um, a lot of them are still angry from whether childhood is, you know, a lot of people get into fighting because they're angry. I got into fighting because I was angry. I was, you know, that picked on kid when I was younger and then I get bigger and I'm like, huh, my mom always told me not to fight, not to hurt people. And then at 16, I went to juvenile hall because I was so angry at some point that I beat a kid up and went to jail. And so there's an experience that I have had to be able to feel the pain, but also to be able to uh, let it go so that I could actually love myself and love my life. I had an interview with Kurt Angle earlier this year, and he told me that you guys had a UFC match lined up. It was going to be you versus him, and this thing was going to happen. And then Kurt had just signed with Impact Wrestling, and obviously his contract wouldn't make that happen that's cool uh i never got a contract on that one um, was, so was this, were you part of any discussion like this there were minor discussions but i never talked to did i talk to dana about that i think i might i think somebody might talk to me i don't think i had a conversation with dana i think that he had a conversation with dana about it um i would have taken the fight but at the end of the day if he's taken that much Vicodin that he says he takes uh, in another interview, um, I don't think he would pass the drug test. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. What if what if that fight meant that much to him? He said there were two instances where UFC was going to sign him. So what if that fight meant that much to him? He could clean himself up. You guys fight at what? Light heavyweight? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Bro, I want to see him at light heavyweight. Like, Here's the thing. He broke his, he's broken his neck. Yeah. You try to get the athletic commission to approve, uh, how old is he now? 75. <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. You know, this thing, he's like, what about 55, 60 now? Oh, I think he's, I don't think he's 50 yet. Oh, wow. Okay. But this would, you know, this would have been 14 years ago. Yeah. Well, no, no, it wouldn't have been 14. It would have been about, yeah, about 12, 14 years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Cause you weren't yeah. tough enough in 04. Yeah, it would have been. So, and then he went to impact in 06. So yeah, it would have been right around then. Yeah. I don't know about that timeline for him, but Hey, you know what? You know, I got hit in the head for a living. So I don't remember. everything. <laughs> he, I think you'd said in another interview that like Kurt won't even talk to you now. Is, is that like, it, here, here's the thing. People have grudges. It's it's a reflection of inside, right? Like at the end of the day, I, I don't I don't hate anybody. Um, did I make an opportunity of what was given? Sure. Did yeah. I follow the rules? Yes. Did they say no striking? Yes. You can mm -hmm. listen to the refs interview. You can listen to Al Snow's interview. You can listen to you can if anybody's real and authentic, they're going to tell you what really happened and. Uh, at the end of the day, 
I've never had a problem with him per se. Besides that, he came up and congratulated me after I won. He knows I put in the work. Mm-hmm. He knows that like everybody saw even after I won tough enough, I was going out and building the ring. Uh, like I was doing things to be a part of the organization. And some people maybe didn't like me in the position, but at the end of the day, the people in my life know that they can depend on me. And the people that doubt maybe things like that, maybe they don't can depend on themselves. And so it's, you know, I would love to um, have him involved. I'd love to do uh, some stuff with him on on a final match. You know, I would love to, um, you know, I'd love to be coached by him at the end of the day. I would, I would, I would definitely love to, to have something like that. Um, fighting, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he could get approved in any states at, at you know, with just what's going on. Um, I'm drug free, so that's that's a positive. Uh, but I, but I think that, um, I would love to do some wrestling stuff at some point. I don't think he would do it anymore. If he would, I would do it for sure. I, I don't think he can right now after speaking with him in that interview. Was it bad? Well, he just said that he wanted to have his final match at WrestleMania next year or sorry, this year. And Vince was basically like, I, I don't think you can. So let's have your match this year. You'll have it with Baron Corbin and that'll be that. So Kurt didn't think he'd be able to hang on for that long. Well, I don't know. I mean, this thing, think about this. Think about what we could draw with an old crowd oh, yeah. coming, doing it right, spending three to six months, impacting kids along the way in schools, inspiring sure. definitely because of COVID and everything else, doing some stuff for law enforcement educators and community. Like the whole thing could be built up really nice. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, uh, people didn't know how to, for me, I mean, he could come out and be a manager, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we could do so much cool stuff where he's my coach. Like we, th- th- we could, we could spin it where it's so amazing where people are like, Oh my gosh, this makes total sense. Yeah. Um, but in the day, I, I don't necessarily believe what he believes or I, we don't have the same real purpose. And if it doesn't line up with that anymore, um, I don't know if I would commit to spending the time doing that. Um, like WWE does an anti-bullying program. Show me data. Show me real impact. Like mm. you want to go talk about bullying, but you're not solving the problem because talking about it doesn't solve the problem. Getting to the root of why people do what they do and the core belief system and their belief intelligence and creating a higher amount of belief and emotional intelligence is the key to solving hate, bullying, and 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 looking inside ourselves. So it doesn't align at this point. I would be definitely open to it if it did and if the purpose was there. What do you think the Be A Star program could do in addition to what they're doing to make it a better program? I don't know. I haven't seen the program. I've seen some stuff. I've read overview stuff. Um, I've never actually seen it in works, but if you call it an anti-bullying program and you're talking about bullying, then like to talk about a problem isn't to solve a problem. Mm. And I've seen this in communities around the country. They come in, they're like, okay, we have um, like, for instance, this whole thing on, on, on police uh, brutality, right. Or police problems over the last few months with the BLM and everything that's going on. Most people talking about, there's a problem with the police. It's very simple. It's not easy to solve, but it's very simple. One is policy and two is culture. A lot of organization, a lot of people saying we want to defund the police. That's a concept that if you 
want more murders and more drug dealers and more issues, get rid of the police. But if you want to solve the problem, they would say, let's implement a policy where law enforcement for the Department of Florida uh, uh, law enforcement, for instance, FDLE, uh, has to do an emotional belief intelligence training course. They have to hire or they recruit differently. Um, they recruit people in maybe the counseling departments um, that want to go into uh, or psychology, psychiatry to go into law enforcement. But at the end of the day, if you don't have somebody with the right mindset and it's a militaristic mindset, so it's really getting to the root of um, why people do things and perform. And then if you train them to, to shut up and wipe the smile off their face and do as I tell you, and then go now go into the community and do a job that you've never actually been trained what to do, like connect and communicate and, you know, go and in, inspire people, but you've never been trained to do it. Then how are you supposed to do it? Mm. Do you, do you so, find it interesting? So I think it's the same thing for, yeah, good. Well, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, do you find it interesting that your wrestling career has been so linked to Kurt Angle from this off-the-cuff moment that lasted, what, less than a minute or something like that? Hey, you know what? Everybody, everybody's got their, their, you know, my, their, their first, their second, their third. You know, I mean, I, I've had a couple of really great moments on media that's added a ton of value. Yeah. Um, like what other pro wrestler has their name or, or it has their own school system. What other pro wrestler has ever impacted, um, with, with accreditation, you know, uh, of a school district, like they might have an after school program, you have a little nonprofit, but, but what's the sustainability on that long-term? How many millions do they have to go raise? How much time do they actually spend with the kids? Like I look at all this stuff and I'm like, the impact that Kurt Angle and WWE gave me in, in that two, three, four, five minutes um, was I was ready for the experience and I took advantage of it. When you, when you went into Tough Enough, were you going in there with the plan, I'm going to win this thing, I'm going to win the million-dollar contract, and then I'm going to be a WWE superstar the rest of my career? I went in uh, with it is I'm going to be a WWE superstar and I'm going to win. Hmm. I mean, that card was, that was stacked. <clears throat> The amount of talent that was in there stacked. You had Ryback, you had Miz, and you had a whole bunch of other, you know, incredibly athletic guys in there. Yeah. Um, they were not only super athletic, but they had a ton of charismatic uh, talent. And it was, I mean, they took 10,000 or 10,000 videos down like 50 to Venice. And there was a the top eight. So, and it was probably more than 50. I think they said it was top 50, but it might've been a hundred. But whatever the number was at the end of the day, um, the, the couple things that I did differently is, number one, I was the only guy to stay out in Connecticut for the whole eight weeks. Uh, I didn't go back home every week like everybody else did. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so that's one thing. Two is, is I did it for two reasons. One, I want to concentrate on winning um, and, and train properly without as many flights. The second thing is, is, is Dave Meltzer um, and, and I were on the phone probably an hour to two hours a day. And I was cutting promos every day. I was coming up with new content. I was training my mind and how to speak, uh, how to perform. And I had really good people in my life that were helping me with that. And so Dave was a huge opponent. Um, you know, I had a few others, but it was interesting to be able to see that 
what I was creating. And the other guys, they were out, you know, I was the uh, third part. I was the only one not to drink or do drugs. Hmm. I'm not saying anybody did drugs, but I'm saying doing drinking. I didn't go out and party. Um, If I went out somewhere, I, I drink water. I don't drink alcohol. Like I don't touch anything. So I think those three things were something that gave me a leg up per se on really achieving something and committing and following through. I mean, if you had to put your finger on what it was that didn't have you last your whole four years of that contract, what exactly was it? Um, the biggest part was after about nine months into the contract, they offered me a contract that was crap. And I called my coaches. I called a couple of my mentors. I said, this is what, this is what just happened. What do you think? And they go, well, if they don't respect you in the beginning, they're not going to respect you long-term. Hmm. And I heard different stories of that uh, with other wrestlers. And I made a decision at that point that if a company doesn't take care of me now, they're not going to take care of me in the future. And, um, you know, I was young and I, I took advice. I could have, I stayed for 50,000 bucks a year. Sure. Um, but I believe, and this is what I do in, with our corporations now. Like I, I hire people and I take care of them to the best of my ability because I know how, how, how my experiences were yeah. to, um, not be protected or not taken care of. Wasn't it supposed to be a million dollars broken up over four years, quarter of a mil every single year? What happened yeah. to that? So it was, it was guaranteed one year and they let me go, uh, after the first year. Uh, because they offered me another deal. What was interesting is they offered me another deal. And because I didn't take it, then they let me go. <laughs> so it was a little shady on that. What they should have done is released me out of my current contract and then offer me a contract. But it is what it is. I, I, I'm just confused. If you're if the contract, when you win the reality show, is a million-dollar deal, you're supposed to get 250 a year, how could they offer you something else? They're a multi-billion dollar company? I, I guess so. I mean, at the end of the day, I talked to a few lawyers, you know, and 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 try finding a law firm that is connected in Connecticut that will take them on that will take them on a uh, you know, that'll sue them um, you know, on contingency. It's super like there's nobody, there's no big firms in uh I mean I, I called around and nobody would do anything. Like I just I was like, I just want to be protected in this deal. I want the deal. Um, and I called probably three or four different firms. And, and at the end of the day, it was like, you know what? It's not even worth my time. If somebody wants to screw me or not take care of me, I don't want to be associated. At the end of the day, you know, would you do it again? If you had the opportunity to be on million dollar tough enough again, would you do no. it? No. Really? Yeah. This is the thing. Entertain people is great. In my twenties, it was awesome, uh, to push myself. I was in the best shape of my life. I was an elite athlete. I was number 26 in the world for heavyweights at one point. I would, I did a lot of great stuff, but entertaining, we have a lot of entertainment today and we have more mental health, more challenges, more issues in our community and nothing's getting solved. So what I get to do every day is I get to put things in place and people in different positions to be able to solve problems and adds a ton of value to this world. The wrestlers aren't adding a ton of value to humankind. They're entertaining them for a time period uh, which is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not knocking it, but at the end of the day, I want to see more athletes donate, not donate, but really get into something to serve versus just being an elite athlete. 
So a big thank you to you for making this show possible by listening right now. And a big thank you to our sponsors. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You had to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they've done for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offered valid through September 30th. And oh man, the wait is finally over. Football is back, my friends. Now you may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Just head to Bet Online and take advantage of all of their great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You know, it's ironic that you're now doing anti-bullying when the number two thing that a lot of people will find about you is your moment in the Royal Rumble when you got hazed. I think you could you could call this bullying. You know, it's hardcore Holly and Eddie Ben or Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. What like what's a better what could have been a better way to react to that? So uh that was interesting. Um I didn't know that was coming like that. Um, you know, again, it, you know, companies not taking care of people. You know, I mean, it's, it's simple. Like, you know, it, what's crazy is this is is certain athletes will do whatever it takes to get on TV and do what their puppet master says. Sure. Doesn't matter how harmful it is. It doesn't matter if they're against it morally or whatever they're they will do what they're told and that's how people are in this world that's why we have the problems we have that's why we have the violence and you know the situations that are going on um that's why we have three percent of the population uh in uh, of the world in america and we and, and america holds 25 percent of the prison population of the world so that's why we have it at the end of the day I mean, there was somebody that, you know, did some stuff to me and his daughter, daughter died uh, in, in a drunk driving, you know, accident. You know, I mean, it's look at like 
it's interesting to look at how people are and then what takes them to actually become good humans in life and shift things when they have to lose something to learn something. So do you think this moment in the Royal Rumble was spur of the moment and, you know, it just, they just started piling on, or do you think this was something that was premeditated in the back and they went, let's get that rookie. I have no clue. Um, I don't even give them a second to think about it. And at the end of the day, uh, they did what they did. And, you know, it, it, it's, I'm blessed that I'm not with WWE. Like at the end of the day, it's not, it, it's not the culture I want to build. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's the brand in the world. Everybody wants to wrestle for them. And people talk to me and I'm like, I have no desire because it's, it's a cult. It's, it's the context of how they live doesn't serve, um, a bigger purpose in this world. Hmm. Was there ever a chance? Like, did they ever call you and say, come back for this appearance or come back for, nope, no. And I'm glad. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Like everybody begs for it. Like everybody begs for it. But I find when you get real fulfillment in life, you don't need to be on TV. You don't need to try to prove yourself. Like people that try to prove them, that try to prove themselves are just seeking internal improvement. Hmm. Well, you've done so, so much since. I mean, we talked a little bit about it off camera, but you know, you also delivered a TEDx and I love what you drive out, drive at in this TEDx. It's success happens to you. Significance is what happens through you. And thinking about that, and if people could put that into practice, that would be such a catalyst for change. Yeah, I find that. So Daniel Goldman really pushed um, emotional intelligence over the last 20 years. And what I find is, is, it's so far integrated into understanding who we are as humans and what drives us. Emotions drive humans to do certain things. And a lot of the time we've been taught from like zero to 20 or 22, 24 years old when we're getting out of college, we're taught to go be successful. Um, some parents say, hey, go, go, go live a context of significance, go impact people's lives. But the very few amount of parents that actually build that context into uh, a human. And when I say context, it's not, you can't go be successful. If you can be successful in anything in the world, you can be, you know, you can be at McDonald's being a server. You could be a chef at a, at a, at a top, you know, kitchen, you could own your own company, but if you're an asshole, then you're an asshole. The context of you is you're an asshole. And so it's either how do you either love people and support them or how do you be in fear and, and, and take your anger, hurt, pain, everything else out on other humans. And so I find that living a context of taking care of humans uh, and then also being significant is a huge accomplishment in my life. I don't compare my life and what I've done and who I am to other people because at the end of the day, I choose who I am. And if I want something else in this world, the stuff comes and goes. That's why so many celebrities uh, or so many athletes, I mean, look at the NFL. It's like 99% of NFL players are broke or divorced within three years of, of them playing. Same thing with WWE, you know, WWE wrestlers. I mean, so many athletes are not fulfilled. They're doing drugs and they're, they're, they're trying to fulfill themselves with exterior stuff. 
um, to be able to make their mind uh, at ease, at peace. So many people want that, but they can never find it. So they go looking for it with what they can, you know, utilize and see versus maybe stepping back. Like when I was with the Dalai Lama a year ago, he's talking first world problems, third world problems. And he's like in, in America and in first world, you know, areas, there's more uh, suicide. There's more mental health problems. There's more drug addiction. Um, we have more resources here. And I find our kids are less resourceful. So you can go today and everybody goes, well, how do I get a job or how do I do this? And I'm like, you see this thing? It's called a cell phone. You can literally go on and make a LinkedIn account, make a resume, do it all from your cell phone today. Yeah. And I mean, people even say, oh, in inner cities or, you know, poor neighborhoods, you know, they're, I'm like this thing, you have this. So you have the resource, but do you have the resourcefulness to be able to actually go on there. And people are like, well, we don't know how to do it. I'm like, it's a thing called G-O-O-G-L-E.com. And if you can't have the resourcefulness, like the kids in India, they were resourceful. They're selling everything you can figure out how to sell. They want more school. They're doing school in the dirt on the ground hmm. because they want to learn. They want to grow. They want to get out of this environment. So I think that our parents... Um, like my parents from their parents being in the great depression time gave them more stuff and less love. And then my parents' generation gave us more stuff and less love. And so now when you have two parents working, you have, I saw a study at one point, I didn't see a study, but there's an article referring to a study and it was three minutes of undivided attention per day, per kid, uh, of undivided attention. Three minutes. So what kind of love, connection, support can drive people to learn how to be significant in their life? So what's something that someone can do right now, today, to start to get on that path? So I think, I think there's five, five major keys um, I'll give, but instead of one, I think there's five because I think it can connect a little more. First one is understanding what you want. What you want to achieve, like what your legacy is going to be. Like if you want a car, cool. Car can help you do what? Like what, why do you want a car? And a lot of people that I talk to, the, then you get down to the purpose of why you want something. They're like, I want a car so that I can go get the job that I want, that I can go whatever that, that why is. And I'm like, so why do you want the job? Like come to the why. And they're like, oh, I want a job so I can make money. I'm like, why do you want the money? So you don't really want the car. You don't want the job. You want the money. Mm. And they're like, so that I can take care of my family or I can get an you know, apartment and live you know, with my fiance or my wife, whatever that is. And I'm like, okay, so you don't really even want the money. You want to be able to take care of your family. Right. And so getting down to that purpose. So it's the first is creating a vision or understanding your vision for life. Second is really understanding the why behind your vision. The third one is your mission. It's like the goals to get you there. And those three things are like just thinking about it. Those are created within your head. The next two are really difficult um, or at least more difficult. Uh, the, the, the fourth one is team. Like what kind of team is going to help you there? And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to make it myself. I'm like, there's no billionaire that ever makes it themselves. Yeah. Number one, you got your core team and you got your, 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 your like national or your city team, your county team, your state yeah. team, U.S., you go try. I tell all my kids, you go try right now. 
How many, or I ask them, how many people do you think it really takes to get you here to a day of school? And they're like, oh, my mom, my aunt, this, that. Like, they list a couple people. I'm like, you take a shower in the last day? They're like, yeah. I'm like, who made your clothes? I don't know. You know, so they're looking at the labels. I'm like, who created the lights in your house or the roads on the streets? Like, how many people did it actually take to make sure you could get here today? Yeah. And they're like, thousands? I'm like, exactly. Like at the end of the day, thousands of people added value to your life. Now, disown everything you own and go in the middle of nowhere with no knife, no hatchet, no weapon to go hunting and try to do it all yourself from scratch. <laughs> yeah, Joe Rogan has a comedy bit about this. He's like, if all the smart people just died one day, what would we like go and eventually live like cavemen? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm talking to a mic for 15 years. I'm staring at a computer right now. I don't know how any of this stuff works. Yeah, try, try to build your own computer, right? And then build your own <laughs> network for internet. And then build, you know how electricity works? I have no clue how electricity, like how does an electrical plant work, you know? Yeah, I, exactly. I have no clue. So, you know, I mean, I can figure out the plumbing faster. I can figure out the electrical, right? Like, and then I think the fifth part, which is the most challenging, and it really comes down to yourself, is commitment. Um. I ask a lot of kids around the country, I go, what percent of time do you commit to your family to do chores on time? It's a very simple question. Yeah. And I would say 99% of kids say less than, I'd say 50% of the time. Hmm. And so my follow-up question is, is, would you hire somebody? If somebody came in to have work for you when you're yeah. a business owner one day, would you hire somebody that, that, that cared about their family 50% of the time? And most people say, no, I would not hire them. And it gives them the ability to look inside themselves on like, wow, what do I stand for? Hmm. Some people once in a while say, yes, I would hire him because he would work for me because I'd pay them. And I said, how long do you think that they would work for you if somebody came and paid them a couple dollars more or they found a job that paid them more? Would they really care about you if they don't care about their family? And so it's interesting to get that perspective into kids because kids like, no, they wouldn't care about me. They would only care about the money. Yeah. So again, do you want the purpose or do you want the profit? Do you want the only the success or do you want the significance in changing people's lives and, and, and helping people? Um, because I can go to a Chick-fil-A and people are like so significant, so impactful. Hey, how you doing? You know, oh, you got something wrong. Here's a, here's a French fries. Here's this. Like, let us take care of you. Or you go to other fast food restaurants, they're, they're like snappy and short and they don't care. That's yeah, the culture there for sure. It's culture. So, I mean, it, it, what a lot of this is driving at is what are the non-negotiables in your life? And I think that there's a lot of people that look at things and go, ah, it's okay if I'm a few minutes later. Ah, it's okay if, uh, you know, whatever it happens to be, like don't do my chores on time. What are the non-negotiables in your life? Uh, non-negotiables. Well, I, I think that the things that stand for me are being authentic like with this back and forth, like getting, getting us on this podcast right here. Yeah. You know, I got something. I'm like, Hey, can I, um, you know, can I, you know, for this couple hours, you know, or whatever, you know, like I work, if, if I don't put it on my schedule, which 98% of the time I put it on my schedule, if it doesn't go on my schedule, I don't do it. And so I work for myself, at least I work really hard with, you know, with, with running six schools, with overseeing the nonprofit, with overseeing the brand agency, with, 
speaking for two weeks on the road the next two weeks, all of that stuff um, with uh, having a fiance that's pregnant, we're having a kid, moving into a new Yes, place. by the way, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, all this stuff, it's amazing. And, um, you know, I mean, today I got up at six o'clock or six 30. So I'm like, no, five, five 45. And, you know, I, I'm going to go to bed at probably, you know, 10 or 11. And, you know, I'm in meetings and phone calls from the, the whole entire day. And so I find that there, I work really, really diligently on following through and I'm, it's like the systems are getting better by putting people in different places in my life, um, to then be able to hone in and, and, uh, and, and do that. So I think really the commitment side for me is huge. Uh, being authentic is huge. Um, and, um, I would say, uh, at certain points being very vulnerable with humans to show them that I can be super tough and I have been, and I'm a badass. Um, but for instance, I'm a deputy sheriff reserve, um, and I do law enforcement-based stuff now. And so to have empathy for people and to be able to show up uh, in excellence um, is an amazing thing to, to be able to you know bring not only into my life, but share with others. These non-negotiables, I feel like, are going to change in a few months when you become a dad. You re- it, are you ready for this? The, no, the dad thing is fun. Like, I've been training for this thing. Like, I, I see there's two phases. There's the phase that I got my anger and frustration out uh, on a bag or, you know, beat people up. And then I figured out how to love myself and now I can self-assess. I can understand emotions and beliefs. Um, I can see where there's triggers. I mean, even if stuff comes up now, I can look at it and I go, huh, where'd that come from? Mm. And I can clear it and be blessed that it happened in my past to be able to create the human I am today. Um, and then my fiance owns her own uh, education company. So she does tutoring, coaching, um, and she runs, you know, her company. And so to be able to see both of us are in the same world and we've done a lot of the same work and we were really supportive, uh, adds a ton of value to where our kid is. Like I've been reading almost every night I've been creating, like I read two books, actually I didn't read two books. I read one book and about three pages of a second book. And my girl ordered them on Amazon and they were complete crap and they were telling lies. And so I told her, um, we're not doing that anymore. We, we, we get to, I get to make up a different story every night about a different topic and be authentic with our kid. Hmm. Um, and we're five months into it. So or six months into it now on Sunday. So we got three more months and at the end of the day, uh, almost every night, I think I've skipped maybe one or two nights in the last like three or four weeks. Um, I've been creating stories like sunrises and sunsets. It's not true. It's perspective, but it's really an earth rotate. So at the end of the day, like, how do we teach the truth to our kids um, and be authentic about it? Uh, because at the end of the day, if you want your kid to stuff you in an old folks home, you know, go ahead and lie to them from the ground up. Um, but if you want them, if you want them to be amazing humans, like teach them the truth so they can depend on you. So I, well, I, I mean, are we not supposed to call them sunrises and sunsets? I understand what you're saying though. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a word that man created, right? So yeah, if it makes sense for, for sure. you, then call it a sunrise sunset. Yeah. Um, so I, I like options opportunity. If it doesn't serve what you want to get across, then don't do it. But people think that it's a sunrise and a sunset, which is really an earth rotate. Um, and they don't know the real truth. Uh, and so it's just interesting. Like we teach our kids about Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy. Like how does an Easter Bunny lay eggs, right? 
So but yeah, how does a mammal lay eggs? Yeah. Kids are raised with this. Like I've had kids in a classroom that I've heard stories of that looks at a chicken and then looks at a chicken, you know, patty, chicken, you know, piece of chicken. And they're like, hold on, that comes from that. Mm. Like if we're not teaching our kids like the truth, like whether it's about a cultural, like here's the thing, we either lie to our kids or we tell them the truth. There's one or the other. And some people have thought that I'm a little crazy on this stuff on saying, hold on, but it's just like, it's just making sure they're happy and everything else. I'm like, here's the thing, as a parent, you can have that concept. That's your choice. That's the best part about America. You have a choice to be able to uh, decide what you're going to teach your kid. Now, again, either you're going to lie to them or you're going to tell them the truth. And if your only purpose is to make sure they're happy when they're younger, they might be resentful when they're older because at the end of the day, they don't, they can't depend on you and not, not consciously, but subconsciously, they don't know where you're going to lie to them or where you're going to tell them the truth. So I rather have a context in life and fall through with telling the truth. And so people can rely on me and depend on me for being authentic in my life. You know, for someone who couldn't read in school, it sounds like you're able to, you know, you do a ton of reading now. I read like 120 pages of contracts last, last two weeks. And it's like, now I'm in the exec role, bro. Like that's what I get to do every day. And I have great lawyers and, you know, it just amazing people around me that, you know, support on a lot of that. And, uh, yeah, reading there's, there's not as much reading. I'm making up the stories and, you know, at the end of the day, at least I'm, you know, I'm still slow reading, bro. It, it, it hurts sometimes to like concentrate and read. Like people are like, Oh, you're doing, you know, you do that much reading. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it, it it's super challenging for me even to today to read and to spell. Like I've learned how to spell over the last 10 years because I didn't learn in school. If you had, and this might, this might be tough to answer, but if you had to gift one book to somebody that you hope would impact their life, what book would you give them? The Four Agreements. Oh, what a book. I just recommended that to someone an hour ago. Um, it's good. It's great. Um, I mean, I think it depends on what, I have a list of books I've read over the last few years. Um the fifth agreement is good. Um, I, I, we have my books called GPS for life. Uh, we have that it's, it, it it frame out, it frames everything to help you, uh, love yourself and understand your life. Um, I find, and we do this with sixth graders. Like I'm doing budgeting and vision purpose statements with sixth graders now where they actually love to show up before they were ditching school every week in a, in a bigger school. And now they're begging to come to school. So it's just interesting to be able to see what's possible when you find the switch and you can help somebody turn on their own light switch in their life. Well, I want to be super respectful of your time, but this has been fascinating. And I just want to acknowledge you for everything that you're currently doing with the schools that you run and helping to shift the mindset of the youth that you work with. I mean, this is no small task. And thank you for being the person who's taken this on. Yeah, I really appreciate you. Uh, I love, uh, dude, you're, you're so charismatic, bro. I would love to have you on my podcast, Significance Breed Success. I'd love so to. Let's, let's set up a time like in two weeks to be able to you know, spend 45 minutes and I'd love to have you on. Let's do it. I, thank you. And thank you for your time. It's funny. We had been at the same wrestling shows when I was living in South Florida. We, I saw you at Ronan. I was going to come say hi to you. And 
then you were busy, you know, talking to everybody. Cause when Daniel Pewter goes to an indie show, everyone wants to say hi to him. I, I love it too. Please. Uh, I would love to get together, take you out to lunch sometime and we'll connect on my podcast. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, if anybody in South Florida ever wants to come like wrestlers, if you ever want to come and speak, uh, or any career, you ever want to come to one of our schools, get some video this year. We got a, we got a pro video producer. He's, he's interviewing people at each one of our schools and making a highlight video of their life, spending a couple hours at their job, doing that sort of thing. Like gang grill. I'm going to ask him to, uh, nice. come out this year. We're actually talking to him. We've thought I've talked to him. I'm not in talking to him right now. I got to call him and follow up. Um, but I'd love to do a school at his academy yeah. and have it in grills academy. So we're, we'll see what we can do. Um, but, uh, I appreciate it, bro. And anybody that wants to get involved with our nonprofit, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas, we're all over this year. Um, so I'd love to have people reach out to DanielPeter.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. You got it, brother. Have an amazing day. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and Daniel Pewter for this chat. Take a screenshot, tag us, let us know you're listening. Let us know what stood out for you the most. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. He is at Daniel Pewter. And yeah, it's crazy to think it's been 16 years since he won Tough Enough, but I mean, that's that's like a lifetime ago. Look at everything he's done since. And I just feel so like jacked up and inspired after talking to him. Check out his TED Talk. If you have a few minutes today and you're not like busy leaving a review for the show in those few minutes, if you have a few minutes today, check out his TED Talk. It's on YouTube. And I promise you, you will be totally inspired. And you'll look at Daniel Pewter in just a different way. I'm sure you already look at him in a different way after hearing this interview, but yeah. And I usually end every episode with a quote, but I think Daniel absolutely nails it when he says, significance breeds success. Significance breeds success. So good. So be great. Be grateful. Go crush it this week. Oh, we'll see you next week.